your positive, positive, positive imprint. 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 Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. <laughs> Happy birthday to my cutie nephew, Grant Rozier. Four years old and already making positive imprints. <laughs> Hello, this is Catherine, your host of the podcast, Your Positive Imprint, the variety show featuring people all over the world whose positive achievements inspire positive thought and action. Exceptional people rising to the challenge. Music by the talented Chris Knoll. Some of my favorites are Lay Across My Piano, Hambone Boogie, Wide Horizon, Life on Mars, Gumbalaya, and of course, Elevated Intentions. Learn more about Chris at chrisknoll.com. C-H-R-I-S-N-O-L-E. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Your Positive Imprint. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Check out my YouTube channel, Your Positive Imprint. Listen from the podcast platform you're listening from now, or of course, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, or any podcast platform. And don't forget to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Under that play button on my website, yourpositiveimprint.com, is a share button. Click that button and share. Most podcast platforms do allow you to also share. I certainly appreciate that support. And please hit that five-star review and feel free to leave positive reviews. Your Positive Imprint, what's your PI? Today's guest, Dr. Michael Gerhardt, was raised in Germany. His mentor was a teacher that he had who evaluated his writing and communication skills with precision, and he found that clarity in his words made the difference for him in getting his messages heard. He learned the art of communicating. Earning his doctorate from the University of Bonn, Germany, Dr. Gerhardt's moved into the world of executive coaching, where he works with people wanting to change the world and helps them create slogans and the right words. Dr. Michael Gerhardt's can help you light the path by creating messages that incite action and create movement. Get inspired. Identify your own voice and identify your own positive imprint and become active. I know it's hard sometimes, and let me share a quote with you from the Greek philosopher Democritus. He said this around 485 BC. Very simply said, speech is the shadow of action. Well, my guest today says the same thing, and here are Dr. Michael Gerhardt's words. When using words to help make change, more wow won't help. The wow only makes your audience cheer louder with, yay, what a great show. But to make change happen, you want your audience to shout, what a great idea. Dr. Michael Gerhardt, <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> Hello, Catherine. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you. And We've met, we've been talking, I've been learning so much about you. You have 
this great insight into the world of leadership and words. And that's a, that's such a great, not just a skill, but it's an art to be able to bring that to others and to help them. So thank you for that. Th thanks a lot. Yeah. And, and actually, I stumbled into that by accident because, well, I'm so, sort of the most unlikely guy to stumble into the world of communication because I'm I, my background is a computer scientist. And, and when I tell people about that background, um, the most common reaction is a surprised stare. Because, I mean, aren't computer scientists supposed to be the pale guys sitting down in their cellar hacking all the night through eating pizza and running away crying when someone <laughs> speaks to them? Well, apparently not. At least I don't identify with that um, sort of of image of, of a computer scientist. And, and certainly my friends didn't as well. But nevertheless, what I, what I learned sort of the hard way was that, yes, communication is often getting in the way of bringing great ideas, brilliant ideas into the world. I've had my fair share of boring presentations and, and brilliant ideas <laughs> fail because of, of boring presentations, uh, which was one of the reasons that I took a detour and, and left the field of computer science um, to actually go on the route of asking myself and helping others to find answers to how can I communicate my ideas in a way that, that not only I see the brilliance of it, but, but also my, my audience, my customers, the team I'm working with. That's so interesting. And I want to get to what you just said and also the quote that I used in the introduction, because something you just mentioned has so much to do with that quote. But first, you are from Germany. You were born and raised in Germany. And so, you know, listeners, being that this podcast is international, it's so impressive and wonderful and fabulous to be able to hear a little bit about culture and how life might be different in different parts of the world or the same because you know we are all um, connected in some way and today certainly by communication and technology i have three children we have a dog we live in a beautiful house with a garden my kids are going to school we have netflix and disney plus and and enjoy watching those shows we enjoy reading great books we enjoy playing music um, and making music together as a, as a family going th on walks um through through the forests or or at down, down at the river rhine which crosses um, quite nearby to my town and, and that's how everyday life looks like and of course then there's the broader uh, broader situation that everyone is experiencing currently of the pandemic which restricts a lot of what we can do here probably similar to what what everyone else um, is is suffering in the world that that limits the amount of connections that we can make physically uh, by being present in the same room which on the same at the same time increases the the importance of making connections in the ways that are available digitally um, um, via the internet. And that's actually something that, that I'm very happy about, that, for example, my kid, they have to live a much more physically distanced life from their, from their friends. They meet a few of them, but, but not 
a lot less than they would have uh, would do in, in normal times. But they are in constant contact, and and modern technology brings us so close together that although we we live in totally different places, we can spend the time together having meaningful connections, building strong bonds, and even having connections like the one that we currently do uh, across the ocean, across the Atlantic uh, Ocean in, in, in two totally different parts of the world and still feel connected. When it comes to technology and communication and even pre-pandemic, using the internet has been a great tool to get to know people across the world that you wouldn't normally, obviously, otherwise. So let's go to speech is the shadow of action. What you had talked about before we got into a little bit about yourself and Germany, there's a, another quote. So Ernest Hemingway, he said, never confuse movement with action. And I think that that's definitely what you're saying is, you know, you have the movement happening, but where's the action? You take it from here and how you are helping to light the path for people around the world with words. Yeah, I mean, so many things have shifted in recent times. And the internet certainly has plays a major role in in that uh, in that shift that that we are seeing that empowers people who have an important story to tell to be able to tell that to a large audience that wasn't even accessible to the most successful uh, keynote speakers just 10 or 20 years back when a hall would be filled by just a few thousand people and today I can publish a video on YouTube that reaches 100 million people just by the power of the words that I'm using and the story that I'm telling, uh, telling in that video. And this is something that we see happening today and which has a huge impact on the role of communication for leaders and leadership. I mean, it was always the case that leadership is to a large degree a communication process. That's one of the most important tools that, that a leader has. But, but the way that we communicate has shifted a lot by this, let's call it democratization of being able to tell your story. Because when a few decades back, so it's sort of in the times of our grandparents, it, it was sufficient to just have the authority to speak because leadership was still largely um, based on the hierarchical level that you were on, and you could, uh, on the on the top layer, you could just command and control, and teams were were expected to follow when you told them what to do. That has changed a lot. I mean, our parents had sort of the carrot, try the carrot and sticks model, where they used incentives to motivate people with external incentives, like let's call it either by force or by candy. So if you do th things very well, you get get some sort of bonus. Uh, but th that's all external. And what has shifted today is that we have an abundance of people who are able to tell a story that, that we can choose to which stories we attach. And today it is much more important than it has ever been to tell a story in a way that resonates with what is important to the people that we are trying to reach, that resonates with the values that they um, subscribe to, um, with what, what matters to their life. And when we fail to do so, when we still just 
consider giving a speech as giving it rather than thinking that through to the end that is that the purpose of a speech is not to give it but to be received by the audience and even more to incite action and change their minds so that they feel inspired to to take action and when you still get stuck in the stories that you tell from your own world only bragging about the things that are awesome from your perspective and not resonating with what, what's important to your audience, relating it to their life, then you're going to, to have it to confront a much more difficult time in the future. And trying to resonate with what's important to people's lives will lead us to a much more valuable, valuable team that then we would have if we just stick to forcing them to what we want them to do. I think that you've hit on some really important points. And so I just kind of want to go through a couple of them and really dissect today because you're talking about uh, some of these important parts where reality, everybody's reality is different today. Not that it wasn't different, you know, in, in the 1800s or 2000 years ago, uh, but realities are different. And how do we reach those those realities so that those people understand as democritus said and what you said that's the first part of the wow but that's not the entire wow right you get right to the heart of the matter with that question that is really the crucial shift that needs to happen when we relate that to a great movie that we are watching what great movies do with us is that that they allow us to live another person's life, a life that we would never be able to live ourselves, that we probably wouldn't even dare to, to, to live there. But anyway, by looking at that person, we get to live that life. So and what happens is that although we look at the hero, what we see is us. And that's the big difference between a speech that resonates and and one that doesn't because the latter although they might tell a similar story the latter while talking to themselves we never get through over that threshold to seeing us in their story because they are so focused on themselves that they forget to to open the door for us to project our life into their story and a few years back, that, that that was sufficient, probably. When attention is something that, that you can buy, like in, in the 70s and 80s, where everyone was basically watching the same program, and we could just buy the attention of our audience by buying the advertisement slot before the news or a, a, a large one-pager ad in a magazine. That's all we what we needed to do because when attention is scarce, when selection is scarce, we just need to be the one who's front, front and center to their eyes. But we don't have that situation anymore. So what we need to do is to, to find a way to get the attention of people who aren't willing to pay attention to something that has no importance for them. And, and that means that, that, people who have an important story to tell, who have something, who have a product that actually has an impact on their life, who, who, or whose style of leadership is actually attaching to what matters to their team as a person, has a much higher probability of, of getting through. And that, 
bridges back to where you started your question to what do we need to do when we want to shift that perspective and get from just telling a story from our own limited worldview to telling a story that relates to our audience's lives. And the thing that actually has changed a lot that today we need to actually level up our ability to show and find empathy for others, to see the others and to find the others, which is also in a way a very old finding. It's it's nothing new that before talking you need to listen. And when you want to when when you want to reach someone, when you want someone to look to see you, the easiest way to achieve that is to see them first, to give them the feeling of, I see you, I hear you. And when I do that, when I open the eyes for who is that person I'm talking to, not the target group, but the person whose life I want to, to affect, for whom I've built that product to actually improve their everyday life. Who is that? What are the things that they are struggling with? So that I have a chance of, of getting specific, telling stories about a life that they can relate to. They see themselves in so that when I tell my story, they look at me, but they see themselves. That's where, where the most effective stories are to be found today. I love listening to you and how you phrased everything. You can get visuals and, and your words are the way you communicate it is just perfect for understanding. And you mentioned the word empathy. So not everybody has that. How, as a coach uh, in communication, how do you teach empathy or can you teach empathy? Well, first of all, I'd like to get to, to what, what you mentioned that, well, not everyone has empathy. I mean, I, I, I tend to doubt that. that there might be some medical conditions like sociopathic behavior that people actually aren't physically able to show empathy, but that, that's the vast minority of people. The vast majority of, of people actually is able to feel empathy. If we are able to feel anything, we are able to feel empathy. Um, oh, I like that. I like that. The thing that we are not used to is to look through different, so to say, different glasses, to change our perspective, to just actually stand up from, from, yeah. from the table I'm sitting at and, and, and changing it around. For example, Amazon uses for, for their product. That's probably one of the reasons why they're so close to what, they're at, what, what their customers actually desire is because they in every meeting they have an empty chair there and that is reserved for their customers. Starbucks does the same. They even have mentally added two chairs, one for the customers and one for the employee. And whenever a decision is about to be made, they will ask themselves, will that make my employee and my customers proud? And if it doesn't, then there's reason to discuss that. Um, there's reason to ask yourself, why am I doing it if not for the people I seek to serve and with the people that help me to serve those people? Because those are the ones that I should make proud. And if I, if I manage to do that, the rest, especially the bottom line, will take care of itself. One of the most important things that I do when I work with clients is that I, first of all, listen to their story, try to have them say it in their own words without 
the marketing department intervening or without the public watching whether every word is just perfect and then asking questions. That's probably even more important than the first one. Uh, asking questions, the obvious ones, the non-obvious ones, but also, and that's probably um, the most important of all three, the two obvious ones, the ones that you don't ask maybe anymore or that your team doesn't dare to ask because you're the boss and and that they don't dare question you or or you just fear the answer of what happens when the answer is not as we wish it to be but that's actually necessary work if we want to to reach our our audience we need to ask the question because they're asking it anyways and today choice is so wide that that they're going to find an answer that is more suitable to them than ours that they probably won't like. So if we don't ask, our customers will ask those questions so that it, it's important that you are the first to ask you the question. How does it relate to my audience? How, how is it perceived by them? And that's the, the third step that's really a, a consequence of, of those two, that you change glasses, that you change seats, that you look at your own words from another person's perspective. And that's what, what I'm trying to do, to be that sort of mirror for them to, to reflect upon so that they can see. I'm not, I'm not, not the one who tells them what, what are the right words. I'm just trying to make them see what, what their words are doing to the persons they are trying to reach. That is just so phenomenal that we have people like you who have the communication and the words, because not everybody had, like you said earlier, not everybody has the words. And there is countless people in history that have talked about that, that, that sometimes we have to be their words because they don't know how to put what they want to say into words. So let's, let's do talk about light the path and what you're doing. But first, is there anything that you want to add that we haven't you weren't able to share that you really want to bring in to this conversation that we're having? I'm totally confident in, in the way that you guide us um, through, through that conversation. I'm super happy with, with how you extract the most important things. So I'm just curious of, of, of where you are leading the conversation next. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, so now I want to talk about uh, the world of perspective because you just raised some really awesome awesome parts of everybody's reality are the perspectives you are a renowned international speaker you go to different places to speak and it's not all going to be okay this is going to be a medical group these are going to be lawyers uh, etc. Sometimes they're mixed. So how do you get the pers your perspective so that you're allowing still that philosophical thought for people to narrow in on what the words are that you are saying and accepting your ideas so that they can take action? Yeah. I mean, f first of all, although we might be, might have very different occupations and we might have different passions ranging from medicine to literature to to it to banking to sports in the end we are all humans 
And as humans, we can relate to other humans. And that is the first the first crucial step that we need to take that that we don't speak about about products about things so much than to speak about what people do with the things how people use the sort of sports training that that you were developing or how people are affected by the new treatment that you've developed or how they are using the new software that you are developing and how it changes their lives and so by relating it to humans and and painting pictures of humans' lives before and after they've encountered your idea, your product, your your vision for the future, helps them to relate to what they do. And then, of course, what what's what's important if you if you really want to get close to the people reach out to them or in, engage with them interact with them try to try to find out a little bit about the culture of that tribe of people of that group of people what do they care about what are current struggles probably even read one or two magazines from them to find out what are current problems that they are dealing with so, so that that you can find the empathy of how they look at things, how they look at the world. And, and even probably if you have the chance of to talk to some, some, somebody of them so that you can actually find, find the stories that they can connect to because it is this, the, the things that they are dealing with in their daily life. That's, does that, does it yeah, help? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that brings me to a quite another part of of what you do so well. So you talk about getting, you know, understanding their culture, and we don't mean culture um, specific, but their, what their interests are, and and, uh, what inspires them, what makes them move. So one of the things that you do is you do put forth questions, both in German and in English, and if there's other languages, I don't know, but I know about the German and the English, and you ask the public very specific questions about, and I'll give um, one example, because there's many, but I'll give one, books. So you want to know what people are reading out there, what types of books inspire them. And you didn't ask the question of, you know, I'm looking for a, 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 I just want to go out and read a book. What can you guys recommend? That's not how you phrased it. It was, what types of books are you interested in that I might find an interest in as well. And why do you really want to know about me and what made me move? And uh, so, and that was one example. And I know, I don't, I think I gave you Melinda Gates book. I don't remember, but I did. Okay. The moment of lift. Yeah. So uh, I think that hearing you and having you here, I am learning a lot and your perspective on life and not just perspective but your professional work and your studies really have brought you forward to where you're allowing others to have their moment of lift and I think that's an incredible place to be so and and I certainly appreciate that so what are some of the other books that people you know, brought to your attention that inspired them or that, or even if it was a romance novel, because maybe they were inspired by the romance or the relationship in the book. Yeah, the, the, there were two, two actually novels that I re- recently that had a great impact uh, on me. One was 
a German book. I'm not sure whether that's available in English. It's it's it, the translation will be the book of a summer, and it's about a person who 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 felt that he wasn't living the life. Who was a successful person? He, he was a business owner, but who he felt that he wasn't living the life that he was meant to live, which was the the life of an author, of a writer, a novelist, um, which his uncle was. And through the course of the book he found out profound truths about life and himself that led to quite, as I would put it, unusual answer to that question. I mean, there are a lot of books about pursuing your dreams and how that's sort of the only answer that, that exists to that question. That yes, you should go for that truth. But he found actually a surprising answer to them that might be much more tangible for a lot of people out there who just feel that there is that dream, but who, who also feel that it might not be that they are Picasso, who is solely focused on, on his art, or Hemingway, who is solely focused on his writing. That's also not, not them. And, and that was a very pleasing story for me. And the other was by Celeste. I, I, I don't know how, how her, her last name is pronounced. The book is Everything I Never Told You, uh, which is about sort of love going wrong, the love of parents for their children going wrong, which, uh, and it's about two parents who tried to, to enable everything they didn't have during their upbringing and their life and making that happen for their daughter. And in doing that out of love, missing to see her as the person that she actually was with the needs that she actually had. And that was a really moving book um, for me that, that was recommended to me recently. Well, I'm so glad that you're diving into some of those books. And I find the, my podcast, when I meet people like you and others, I find the people I have just so inspiring. And s some of the things that they say are... I will have maybe a paraplegic or an amputee on the show, and they say, that's not what identifies me. And what identifies me is, is uh, the work, the things that inspire them and that they are able to you know, work and inspire others. And, and that just really makes my day shine and makes me feel like I am providing some great content to people. Talking to you and, and hearing all of this is just, been enlightening and certainly will help me to improve as well. And I know my listeners as well, too. So now you have a podcast. And so I want you to be able to share a little bit about that podcast, because it really is a fabulous podcast. I love it. Thanks. So, so to me, it appears that I'm just thinking out loud, although, of course, I try to, to make it concise. And I deliberately chose the format of two minutes twice a week, because I feel that we have an abundance of podcasts. We have podcasts that specialize on the things that we currently do in diving deep into specific stories and, and showing the human side. But somehow I felt that we have a lack of podcasts that do the opposite, that really are there to fill the gaps in between those those podcasts or the way between here and, and the bus stop, where I just need that extra kick before I dive into that meeting, where I just get that extra stroke of, of 
uh, yeah, let's say, let's call it insight that, that, that provides me with a different perspective on the things that I normally do and makes me stop to ask myself, is there, a, might there a diff be, be a different way? And, and, and that, that's what I try to do to show you a way that might be different from what you currently do and, and invite you to try that out and to have a look at whether doing things a little bit differently than you normally do that might just increase the impact and get you the influence that you deserve. Well, it, it's been great. So if you want to give the title. It's called Leaders Light the Path. And, and in any podcast platform, there, there's a website. They can just, you can just visit leaderslightthepath.com or visit my website, michaelgerhardscom slash podcast. You'll reach that podcast, but you'll also find that by searching for Leaders Light the Path on all the, the podcasting platforms from Apple Podcasts to Spotify, Amazon Music, um, you name it. Yeah. Okay. And for the listeners, it is in English. For the listeners, Michael is M-I-C-H-A-E-L, Gerhardt's G-E-R-H-A-R-Z.com, michaelgerhardt's.com or Leaders Light the Path. So, yeah. And so now, Dr. Gerhardt's, are there any uh, last minute inspiring words that you'd like to share? Um, yeah, probably about a, a thing, a question that I stumbled across when I recognized that this year actually is the, is going to become the 42nd birth, birthday of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Novel, uh, to the, to the oh, Galaxy. Oh my gosh. That famous yeah. novel by Douglas Adams. The radio show is actually one year older, but the book has been published 42 years. And as you might know, that the, the number 42 plays a major role in that novel because it turns out that 42 is sort of the answer to the question, to the universal question about life, universe, and, and the rest. The only problem is that nobody knows the answer. And I find <laughs> that to be a very timely observation because I find that we are, we are living in a time that's obsessed with answers, with people who feel they are being right and doing everything to, to, to maintain that status of being right. While 42 years back, Douglas Adams has so beautifully and eloquently taught us that it's sometimes much more difficult. And I feel also much more worthwhile to take a step back to ask yourself, what was the question actually? What are we trying to find out? And that it's, it feels like it might be a mo much more worthwhile goal to, to ask yourself to, to, to pursue the, the journey of getting it right rather than being right. So to be able to ask the right question then, rather than try to have all the answers already. Because in the end, we're all on a path and nobody knows the answer to most things. It, it would probably, the world would be a nicer place if, if we, try more to get things right rather than to be right and fight for our positions rather than shift perspectives and try to understand the other person's perspective. Thank you so much for those words. What tremendous insight and inspiration. And you've provided so much and I, I appreciate that you are providing this service to the world and that you're painting a picture 
for us all into a better community and better communication with each other. Dr. Michael Gerhartz, thank you so much for being here on Your Positive Imprint. Thanks. It was a pleasure. Your Positive Imprint. What's your P.I.?